Welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this topic matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Hello everyone, Dr. Casey Grover here again to welcome you to another episode of Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care. Before we start, I have to make one correction from episode 16 on stigma. The paper, Health and Public Policy to Facilitate Effective Prevention and Treatment of Substance Use Disorders Involving Illicit and Prescription Drugs, an American College of Physicians position paper, is actually from Annals of Internal Medicine. I misspoke while I was recording and said it was from Annals of Emergency Medicine. So that's an Annals of Internal Medicine paper. My apologies on that. I hope everyone is doing well through the holidays and staying safe during this Omicron surge. And with that, we'll move on to today's topic, which is buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal. And just to be very clear about what we're talking about, buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal is when a patient who has opiate dependence develops opiate withdrawal or has worsening of withdrawal symptoms when buprenorphine is given. I chose this topic because we've been dealing with this a lot recently in our emergency department. We've had some cases of buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal, and these cases are frustrating all around. The patient feels awful and doesn't want to use bup again. The provider feels awful for making the patient feel awful and doesn't want to prescribe bup again. So it was time to dig into this in a podcast episode, and this episode will be based on a combination of papers from the literature, guidelines, and some local expert opinion in my community. We're going to start with a paper from Drug and Alcohol Review in 2021 entitled Managing Opioid Withdrawal Precipitated by Buprenorphine with buprenorphine, and the lead author is Bridget Oakley. The authors of this paper start with an overview of buprenorphine, and most of this we already know. Buprenorphine is used to treat opioid dependence, and buprenorphine is a partial agonist at the mu opioid receptor with high receptor affinity. In patients with opioid dependence, buprenorphine can displace other opioids from the opioid receptor. As buprenorphine does not have full agonism at the opioid receptor, the displacement of other opioids from the opioid receptor causes a precipitated withdrawal. Precipitated withdrawal is characterized by the rapid onset of opiate withdrawal symptoms starting within one to two hours of the first dose of buprenorphine. Without any additional doses of buprenorphine given, Precipitated withdrawal will subside over the following 6 to 24 hours. Estimates on the frequency of precipitated withdrawal vary, as this particular paper 
cites that precipitated withdrawal occurs in 9% of buprenorphine inductions, while the paper we reviewed for episode 15.5 on high-dose buprenorphine found precipitated withdrawal in only 0.8% of their buprenorphine inductions. The authors of this first paper continue to lay out the risk factors for precipitated withdrawal, which they report as transferring from long-acting opioids to buprenorphine, particularly methadone, recent benzodiazepine use, no past patient experience with buprenorphine, and a low initial dose of buprenorphine. All of those make sense to me except the recent use of benzos. I'm not quite sure why that one is a risk factor. The authors move on to discuss the various approaches to managing precipitated opiate withdrawal. Number one is reassurance and symptomatic medications. Tell the patient they're going to be okay and they will get through it and provide them antiemetics, anti-inflammatories, and sedatives as needed to manage symptoms. Number two, add additional buprenorphine to increase the opioid agonist effect of buprenorphine. And number three, abandoning buprenorphine treatment altogether and reverting to treatment with full opioid agonists such as methadone. As we discussed previously, buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal is a frustrating problem as patients who experience it are unlikely to want to try buprenorphine again. The authors briefly discussed the literature that they could find on this topic, and they cited an Australian guideline that recommends using option number two, which is adding more buprenorphine. So when patients experience buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal, give them more buprenorphine. And there's really not a lot of literature here. There were a few case reports and case series that the authors referenced. And I'm going to take a brief aside to report the findings of my own look into the literature. I didn't find much either. I found a case report from the journal Family Practice in 2021. It was entitled, A Case of Buprenorphine Precipitated Withdrawal Managed with High-Dose Buprenorphine. And the title really says it all. A patient developed precipitated opiate withdrawal from buprenorphine and was treated successfully with high-dose buprenorphine. We'll go back to our article that we were reviewing here. The authors move on from their brief review of the literature and discussion of the physiology of buprenorphine to describe a detailed case report of a 53-year-old male with opioid dependence who developed precipitated opioid withdrawal after a buprenorphine induction. The authors do a really nice job outlining the patient's clinical course, including showing a graphic of his COWS score and the interventions that they used and his response to the interventions over time. The kicker in this case was that the patient ended up having methadone in his system without knowing it. The patient had been on methadone in the distant past and had denied any recent use. However, he remembered, once he was stabilized on buprenorphine, that he had taken a pill that might have been methadone the week before his induction on buprenorphine. And it did turn out to be methadone when they did the urine tox screen. If you want to check out the graphics, the paper does a great job showing and laying out 
what he experienced and how they responded to it. The authors move on to the discussion section. The authors reiterate that it is common for patients when they experience buprenorphine precipitated withdrawal to avoid further medical treatment and to avoid further buprenorphine. However, in this case, the patient had a strong therapeutic alliance with his provider and stuck with his provider after developing the precipitated withdrawal. He did require inpatient admission for his precipitated withdrawal, but he was successfully induced on bup. The authors report that they learned from this case that giving repeated doses of 8 milligrams of buprenorphine in a monitored setting allowed them to control the patient's symptoms of buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal. So my take home from this paper is there are several options on how to manage buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal and the option most supported by clinical practice and the literature is to provide additional doses of buprenorphine. As I researched this topic, I next came upon a treatment guideline from the California Bridge Program called Enhanced Care Practice Precipitated Withdrawal 90-Minute Bundle. It's available on the California Bridge website, which is cabridge.org. And if anyone doesn't know, the California Bridge Program is a fantastic program that's really not just in California, designed to increase access to good addiction treatment everywhere. And this guideline that I found was actually a protocol from a California hospital for how they manage precipitated withdrawal. And this is a slight nuance here as this guideline is for any precipitated withdrawal, such as from naloxone, and it also includes precipitated withdrawal from buprenorphine. The guideline starts with a basic definition and they remind us with this definition that precipitated withdrawal is the abrupt onset of opioid withdrawal symptoms following the administration of an opioid antagonist like naloxone or a mixed agonist antagonist like buprenorphine. And here's their basic approach on how to treat precipitated withdrawal. Provide a high dose of buprenorphine to maximize the agonist effect of buprenorphine while adding in a single dose of benzodiazepine to reduce the fear and anxiety felt during precipitated withdrawal. They also recommend a few things. First, precipitated withdrawal can mask other illnesses. Make sure you get a good sense of what's going on with the patient to make sure they don't have another illness causing their symptoms. Second, when using this approach, Patient selection and appropriate monitoring is very important, as combining buprenorphine and benzodiazepines could cause some respiratory depression or sedation in vulnerable patients. And third, avoid using multiple dose of benzodiazepines for persistent symptoms of withdrawal. Instead, consider using additional buprenorphine or even a sedating antipsychotic to control symptoms. And the authors of this guideline move on to lay out their algorithm, which we will go through step by step. So step one is identify precipitated withdrawal. Step two is to prescribe and provide to the patient lorazepam 2 milligrams PO or an equivalent benzo and buprenorphine 16 milligram sublingual. Step three, reassess 
the patient in 30 minutes. If better, you can stop. If not, you're going to move on to step four. And step four is to manage continued symptoms. If symptoms of agitation are predominant, use an antipsychotic such as olanzapine or haloperidol. And if withdrawal symptoms are predominant, treat with additional 16 milligrams of sublingual buprenorphine. And that's it, four easy steps. In this guideline, they do not recommend adding in clonidine, antiemetics, or loperamide during this treatment bundle. And just a reminder, this guideline is for any precipitated opiate withdrawal, including that from buprenorphine. And from what I can tell from this guideline, once the precipitated withdrawal is managed, the patient can be considered successfully induced on buprenorphine, and then you can manage them as you would with any patient you induced on buprenorphine in the emergency department or the acute care setting. So I wanted to kind of think through this. How's this actually going to look? So in my mind, I'm kind of thinking through a hypothetical case. A patient comes into the emergency department or acute care setting requesting treatment for opiate use disorder. He is given a dose of buprenorphine too soon and unfortunately develops precipitated opiate withdrawal. We give him 16 milligrams of sublingual buprenorphine and 2 milligrams of oral lorazepam. The patient is observed and he is improved. He is discharged home after he is feeling better on my usual regimen for outpatient prescriptions for buprenorphine, which is 8 milligrams either BID or TID to follow up with a local treatment program in one week. So I thought that guideline was very helpful and I think I will be thinking about how to incorporate that into my practice. Now we're going to pivot here to some expert opinion, which is something that we really haven't done before on the podcast, but we just recently put together a forum of local experts in my area on some issues that we've been having with buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we've been seeing an increasing number of cases of buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal and we wanted to get together a panel of our local experts to discuss. And we spent an hour and a half as a group discussing, and I'm going to highlight here a few of the key take-home points from our roundtable discussion on this topic. Sorry about the bing there. I just got hit with a text message. All right, moving on. First, illicit fentanyl in our area behaves more like a long-acting opioid like methadone than a short-acting opioid like heroin or hydrocodone. As such, we are seeing an increased risk of buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal in our patients who are using illicit fentanyl. And this is borne out in the literature too. I just came across a paper in Journal of Addiction Medicine in 2021 entitled, Evidence of Buprenorphine Precipitated Withdrawal in Persons Who Use Fentanyl. The lead author was Neil Varshneya, and the paper was a survey of patients entering drug treatment programs for opiate use disorder. They found the incidence of buprenorphine precipitated withdrawal in patients using fentanyl to be as high as 36%. And they found that 42% of patients knew someone who used fentanyl and experienced buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal. That's a much higher incidence than the numbers we discussed earlier. 
the thought as to why this happens is that illicit fentanyl accumulates in adipose tissue and therefore has a much longer half-life. So our expert panel decided that we would consider illicit fentanyl use to be more like methadone when deciding how to induce people on buprenorphine. Second, our panel agreed with the first paper and the California Bridge practice pathway that we reviewed in this episode that buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal should be treated with additional doses of buprenorphine. One of our providers actually gives serial doses of 16 milligrams of sublingual buprenorphine until the withdrawal is treated with total doses of buprenorphine as high as 48 milligrams. Additionally, by giving them additional doses of buprenorphine, you are keeping them on the path of induction onto buprenorphine, which is the whole point. You may need to give high-dose buprenorphine for the initial dosing and management of precipitated withdrawal, but once you get the patient through the induction, then you can just start them on standard buprenorphine dosing, such as 8 milligrams BID or TID. And we all know how life-saving buprenorphine is for patients with opiate use disorder. So getting them successfully induced on buprenorphine is the goal. So whatever we need to do to manage buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal is what we need to do to do the right thing for our patients. Third, our panel also felt that the use of symptomatic relief medications can be very useful to help patients feel better. We agreed that being liberal with medications such as dicyclamine, ibuprofen, ondansetron, hydroxyzine, and gabapentin can make patients feel a whole lot better while the additional doses of buprenorphine are taking effect. And fourth, make sure your patients are really in withdrawal when they say they are in withdrawal. We found as a group discussing this topic that sometimes asking the question to the patient, are you in withdrawal, isn't enough. Patients who are anxious about entering a drug treatment program may feel symptoms from their anxiety that are similar to withdrawal and adding additional buprenorphine may not reduce those symptoms of anxiety or is the patient withdrawing from another substance, such as a benzodiazepine? So do a really good history and make sure the patient is really in withdrawal. Is there abdominal cramping? What about diarrhea? Is there nausea? How about rhinorrhea? And furthermore, comorbid stimulant use can be a major confounder here. Patients that are intoxicated on methamphetamine may have symptoms of agitation, anxiety, or psychosis from the methamphetamine. They may also be in opioid withdrawal when they are seeking medical care, but buprenorphine isn't going to manage their symptoms from their stimulant intoxication, which may look like persistent withdrawal. So, let's put everything together into some good old-fashioned addiction in emergency medicine and acute care take-home points to wrap up this episode. And I just want to clarify, this is a summation of everything we've learned, and these points are what I'm going to be keeping in mind when I'm on my next shift in the emergency department on how to approach this problem. Number one, buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal is when a patient who has opiate dependence develops opiate withdrawal, 
or has worsening of withdrawal symptoms when buprenorphine is given. Number two, there are three basic options for how to manage buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal. Controlling symptoms with medications to provide relief, providing additional doses of buprenorphine, and providing patients with a full opioid agonist. The limited scientific literature that I could find on this topic, along with local expert opinion in my community, suggests that providing additional doses of buprenorphine is the best option. Number three, the risk of buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal is greatest in patients using long-acting opioids such as methadone. Illicit fentanyl is lipophilic and has a prolonged half-life in the body, and there is an increased incidence of buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal in patients using illicit fentanyl. Number four, the severity of symptoms of buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal can be reduced by the addition of symptom relief medications such as dicyclamine, ibuprofen, ondansetron, hydroxyzine, and gabapentin while the additional doses of buprenorphine are taking effect. The California Bridge Guideline recommends giving benzodiazepine along with sublingual buprenorphine in the case of precipitated opiate withdrawal for this reason. Number five, make sure that patients are really in withdrawal when they say they are in withdrawal. Look for untreated anxiety and comorbid stimulant use as the cause of significant anxiety or agitation in patients who do not report relief from additional doses of buprenorphine in the case of buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal. The California Bridge Guideline does a great job of addressing this issue. If things aren't adding up when you are treating a patient, consider a urine tox screen or taking a better substance use history to look for comorbid stimulant intoxication or withdrawal from another substance. And number six, buprenorphine saves lives in patients with opiate use disorder. Our goal is to get patients off of full agonist opioids and on to buprenorphine. So if you're having a difficult induction onto buprenorphine with some buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal, be aggressive with your treatment and your reassurance and support for the patient. Once you get your patient through their induction, they'll feel so much better and then they can just go on to standard buprenorphine dosing. I hope you found this episode helpful and thank you all for all that you do for your patients. Don't forget, treating substance use disorders saves lives.